My name is John. I'm a student, aspiring composer and animator. And I'm Jovia, John's mom, and you're listening to Conversations. The weekly podcast where we discuss a range of topics to gain meaning and understanding from our individual perspective. Welcome and thanks for listening. Hello and happy Sunday or Monday, wherever you are listening from. I hope you had a great week. Thanks for playing yet another episode from our Conversations podcast. My name is Jovia. Happy to have you here. Today's episode, John shares uh, more about yet another one of his favorite composers, um, Koji Kanda, um, very well-known by most um, fans of the Mario game franchise. Uh, Apparently, he's composed most of uh, the soundtracks to those games. John is a big fan, so he shares about that. Comparisons to Jean-Jacques Perret, the other composer we talked about last week. And we also chat a little bit about our thoughts, or mainly my thoughts, about that new show, Squid Game, that everybody's talking about. And somehow I ended up pressing play. So just a few episodes in, but of course I had to give some thoughts on what I think about, not the show, but the message behind the show without any spoilers. Thanks for being here. We'll start in just one moment. Oh, um, I was talking about how uh, Koji Kondo, when he was, I was watching a video about his work on um, Ocarina of Time. And yeah, it was a video game that Nintendo released for the Nintendo 64, like back in the mid 90s. So the game is old, but basically the video was talking about how uh, Koji Kano was able to create like such memorable music in spite of the fact that uh, he was he had a lot of limitations. Well, not as many compared to like the NES era, but he he still had some limitations. And in the video I was watching, it was it was it was mainly talking about how like people who played the game. I I think you know what I'm talking about. Like when Link has Ocarina and you use it to like activate certain spells. So for that, basically they had to limit him to only using five notes to use the little uh, motifs for to, for the spells because on the N64 controller, there were only like five buttons that could be used for to play the notes. So basically he, he, he took five notes. Uh, I think it was like D, E, F, D, E, F, A, B, and C. No, A, no. Uh, B, C, and D. So D, E, F, A, B, C, and D. Those were the five notes, I think. What, what, no. It, it was something like that. Like, so a part of the D minor scale. And basically, you had to use those five notes and create like 12 little, uh, uh, I say little because they're short. 
like 12 little motifs uh, to accommodate each spell. And, you know, it was really hard because you had to use the same notes over and over because he had to stay within the limit. And he eventually and somehow like he was able to manage it and he created like uh, each one was unique and distinct from one another. And some of the motifs for the spells ended up being used as uh, building blocks for other music in the game as well. You know, I'm not into gaming, so so I already forgot the game you were talking about. You said... Ocarina of Time. The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Oh, okay. So, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. How... When did that game come out? Um, I have to look it up. It, I think it came out, like, either 1995 or 1996. I have to look it up again. So, he had to use the same notes for five... No, Short. no, for 12 of the Ocarina melodies, for the Ocarina spells. So I'm just talking about the spells. I'm not talking about the whole. Well, so people that have played the game will know what you're talking about as far as spells. Yeah. Because I'm clueless about games. Oh, it came out in 1998. Wow. That's a long time ago. I was, what, 18? Yeah. Damn. And now I'm an old lady. See, look, one and only composer of the whole soundtrack. You composed the entire soundtrack, maybe? Yeah. And I was going to show you, like, how much of the Mario franchise, I mean, how much of the Mario games he did on his own. See? Uh, much of the original Super Mario Brothers music and sound effects have become iconic to the series and incorporated into modern games. The original Super Mario Brothers theme composed by Koji Kondo has become one of the most well-known video game themes around the world. And I was going to show you the, the credits for, for, all the, for, for the music on most of the games. Okay, so you see Super Mario Bros. Mm-hmm. Koji Kondo. Super Mario Brothers 2, Koji Kondo. Super Mario Brothers 3, Koji Kondo. Super Mario World. Oh, wait, I skipped land, my bad. Super Mario Land. Oh, wait, no, this was this was by someone else. But he, he's done all the main games, is what I'm saying. Like, like the franchise's main games. Yeah, Super Mario World, Koji Kondo. Uh, Yoshi's Island, Koji Kondo, um, Super Mario 64, Koji Kondo, wow. and then Super Mario Sunshine. Th- this was the first one he did with someone else. Okay, and who was that somebody else? Uh, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong, but uh, Shinobu. Let me see. Shinobu Tanaka. She's a female composer. Okay. She 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 uh, composed the music for Mario Kart DS. Really? Yeah. So you know the music that you hear. She yeah. did that. That's that's iconic because I don't play games, but I know the, the music because I could tell when you're playing a certain game just based on the music. And with the Mario franchise, it's very very like it's a distinct. Uh, sound you know so 
Koji Kondo is one of your favorite composers, but last week we talked about another one of your favorite composers. Yeah. Remind our listeners who that was. Uh, Jean-Jacques Perret. I still like him. It's just... Yeah, it, it's, it's okay to have more than one, you know, composers that you like. But you, you talk about those two quite a lot. I guess they, you know... Is there are there any specific differences between the two that you like for for what you know for what they are? Um, you know they both have good work, uh, but in their work, are there any differences that you like for them individually that you like about them individually? Yeah. Okay, so let's start with. Koji Kanda, since it's the subject for today's podcast. Um, I like how um, his music, like, uh, there's a very large emphasis on melody, which I think is one of the main reasons why his music is so uh, uh, memorable. It's because he puts a lot of emphasis on melody and a lot of other Japanese composers uh, do that as well. That's why their music is always so popular Like when it comes to video games because a lot of American composers, they're not trash. It's just that production is the main focus. Like it's, it's valued a little bit too much and the music is good but it's like overshadowed by the game. Like it's not really given a chance to shine. They're just thinking, oh, if it sounds good enough, then, you know. But the Japanese composers, they put a lot of emphasis on, especially with video games, they put a lot of emphasis on on, on uh, melody. In other words, they want the music to make you feel the game. They want you to, com- you know, feel the game or feel the music has basically the music complements the game in a way that it 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 affects or it enhances your experience playing the game right like music is part of the game as far as experience and the highs that you feel when you maybe reach a certain score or a certain um, like a scene like you were mentioning the spells and whatnot whereas hmm, that's an interesting distinction actually because you can have an overly produced song, but can it um, bring about the same feeling, you know, when somebody listens to it? Is it just noise or is it music, you know? That's a good distinction. I like that. Okay. And then what about Jean-Jacques Pierre that you like about him individually? It's not kind of different from um, Koji Kondo. Uh, his music is very, like, distinct. Like, just like Kondo's work. Like, there's hard, there are hardly any other artists or composers that I know that have music that sounds like theirs. Like, it's very distinct. They have their own style. Mm-hmm. And I like his use of samples and how, like, he uses them in different ways. And his use of, like, uh, electronic instruments because I like how they sound. When you say samples, what do you mean? Because samples means that he's using 
in my understanding, like using somebody else's song to to make no, him. No, 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 no. Like he'll take like samples of random sounds oh. or like random voices and then like pitch it up higher, like reverse it or something. I don't mean like Kanye sampling, like taking a pre-existing song and then pitch shifting it up or slowing it down. Oh. I mean like he's taking like voice clips or like just random sound effects and then putting them in. That means I need to listen. I, I mean, you played some of his music, but I need to listen to it more with that in mind. Um, and then Koji. Oh, I can never say his last name right. Koji Kondo. His music sounds so simple, but yet it's complex. You know, you hear somebody playing a Mario game. And you're like, you know. But then the complexity of it all is what I guess you're referring to because you tie that sound to that game. Yeah, that's why. It's That's another reason why it's popular because since the music has a lasting impact on you, like the moment you hear it, you instantly think of it. And that's what I was talking about like before, like light motifs. Because mm-hmm. it's light motifs, they're very powerful. Because every time you hear that that kind of music, you think of Mario. It's memorable and it's catchy, but not in a in a clumsy way to where it doesn't. It achieved its purpose of tying your experience, your mind, everything when you hear it to Mario. That was his goal, and he achieved it. You can never hear that song and think of anything else. And if you're a huge Mario fan, it enhances that experience every time you play the game. Brings back, you know, memories or nostalgia or whatever. For somebody that hasn't played a Mario game in a while, like if they were walking by some kid playing and they'll be like, oh, you know? So I get it. That's pretty good. And switching subjects for just a little bit, I, I watched that show that everybody has been talking about. Squid Game. Huh? What is it called? Squid Game. Squid Game. Have you watched it? Uh, I started watching it, but I haven't continued yet. I tried not to watch it because everybody was talking about it, and I didn't want to get um, disappointed because it was so hyped. So initially, I, you know, the first episode, I was like, what's this? <laughs> it just seemed so cheesy, and I'm like, okay. Then, out of nowhere, I don't want to give any spoilers to anybody that wants to watch it or is enjoying it, but it just made a hard left turn, and I said, what the hell is going on here? You know, it gave a whole new meaning meaning to the word eliminated. I've only watched, well, now four episodes so far, and I'm kind of complimenting contemplating whether to keep going but my takeaway from the show so far you know not just the show but the 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 message there I guess they're trying to to communicate to us the viewers oh my god greed desperation basically just finding yourself at the end of the rope to where you would you're just so desperate you would just do anything you know, it just 
goes to show how even people that you would think, um, like one of the characters, I don't want to say too much to give it away, but for somebody to be that desperate to actually smell, get so close to the fire, be given a chance to walk away from the fire, but still run back to it because they're so desperate for something that is not even guaranteed to a point that they would die for it. You know, it's, it's, it's just in real life. Um, we all find ourselves in, in, um, situations where we might feel desperate or stressed or specifically when it comes to money you know so much in debt and like what I'm gonna do I'm gonna pay this I have to pay this one this person keeps calling me specifically with a show well I don't want to give spoilers but the way whoever you know your debt is owed to you know they had methods of looking for you and whatnot that are not as simple as a simple letter in the mail or phone call Everyone has been there, but to what extent? I guess it challenges you to think that, wow, what would you do if you were really, really desperate? Would you really take those steps to when you know damn well you're going to be, quote unquote, eliminated if you don't pass, you know, whatever test is in front of you? That's my takeaway so far. I think that that is their goal, too. That's the um, the whole idea. For if you take away from the drama and that it's you know a fiction, um, huh? Fictitious. A fictitious. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. Say it again. A fictitious. Fictitious show. When you try to think deeply about the the message behind it. That's what it got me thinking that, wow, I hope that nobody ever in real life ever goes to such lengths to pay back some debt, you know, putting like forgetting about their their families, lying to their family. Anyway, are you going to finish it? Uh, Yeah, probably. Mm. We shall see. Greed, desperation lies, fear, all those things we can all relate to in real life, but I hope that we never get to that point. Well, um, we usually start with this, but we didn't this time because I was uh, excited to hear about Kaji Kondo, but how was your week, John? It was fine. What do you mean that it was fine? Tell me more. I was fine about it. Uh, we, in orchestra, we were sight reading, uh, for, for new music. Like, we're in the sight reading phase. Mm -hmm. Like, we're still picking out the pieces that we're going to play. I mean, we're going to play Sleigh Ride, but Sleigh Ride is, like, kind of an automatic thing. That, like, Chamber always plays Sleigh Ride every year, so that's, like, an annual kind of thing, but for the other, like, pieces that we're actually going to be playing uh we still haven't decided yet like we're still just sight reading pieces seeing what we, what we should play okay so is that the highlight of your week yeah hmm. well i know you guys don't have school tomorrow and tuesday yeah 
so that makes for a super long weekend i don't have to work tomorrow either so we had a pretty nice walk today the weather was just stupid nice like ridiculously nice unbelievably nice so i'm grateful for that and we should have another walk tomorrow too hopefully it'll be a nice sunny and cool day as well and wherever you are good evening good morning good night i hope you had a wonderful weekend i hope that you um spend some time with your loved ones and if you love mario hope you you know this episode brought you some nostalgia i'm not a gamer but i can appreciate you know because i like other things with you know i can appreciate the passion somebody might have for a hobby or in this case a composer so thanks for sharing that with us you know the um background on Koji Kondo and his work and how it inspires you and for anybody watching Squid Game enjoy it I will I didn't want to give any spoilers but I wanted to talk about it so bad I wish there was somebody out out there listening that uh, would like to discuss and speaking of that if you like this podcast and you'd like to give us some feedback or just send us a message you can send us an email to pod after work at gmail.com pod like podcast p-o-d after work pod after work at gmail.com and you can just put conversations podcast in the subject so that we know it's you i i know that um i can see when you know you out there listen to this podcast so i appreciate it i would like to know I'd like to hear from you. So we appreciate your feedback. And if you have a moment to send us an email, again, it's pod, P-O-D, after work at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. If you're in the United States and you're off tomorrow, enjoy your weekend, your long weekend. Enjoy Monday. Nothing better than a Monday off work. Okay. Otherwise, thank you again. Have a great week and we'll chat again next week. Thanks for listening. Signing off here, John. Say good night to our listeners. You're yawning. Good night. Good night. Good morning. Good evening, wherever you are. Thanks for listening. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining John and me in conversation today. We really appreciate it. We're new at this podcast thing, so it means a lot that you're listening. And if you could do one tiny favor and share this with one friend that you think might like this episode. And if you like what you're hearing or any of other um, episodes, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and that's um, apple Podcasts, spotify everywhere and thanks to anchor uh, for making this possible and we'll speak with you next week thanks for listening keep smiling be well and be safe Mm -hmm.